It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. The Locked On NBA Fantasy Minute is presented by PrizePix. PrizePix is the most fun you can have playing daily fantasy basketball and winning up to 25 times your money. Go to prizepix.com slash LockedOnNBA and use the code LockedOnNBA for a first deposit match up to $100. We are very much in the thick of the fantasy basketball playoffs. You might be starting it this week. You might be already in it. It might be a week away. And at this point of the year, with only five weeks left in the entire regular season, Playing the schedule is the most important thing. So this week, the Minnesota Timberwolves and the Los Angeles Lakers play two games only. So any fringe players you have from those teams, even guys, yes, like Kyle Anderson replacing Kyle Anthony Towns, that's not worth it with two games on. You need to be stacking extra games and you need to be looking at the teams with four games. You need to be looking at teams with games early in the week and then switching them out for teams with more games later in the week. Get more games in, play the schedule, be cutthroat with injuries and get players in to get yourself success for fantasy basketball. Jackson Gatlin here, host of the Monday edition Locked On NBA podcast. Every Monday, I cover the three biggest stories in the NBA with the local experts from Locked On. It's an awesome recap of the weekend of the NBA and a look at what's ahead. Mark your calendars on Monday to join me for Locked On NBA podcast, available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. What's up, everybody? Welcome to another edition of the Locked On Thunder Podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I am Brady Trantham, and for the next 30 minutes or so, you will be Locked On Thunder. And it is Thursday. The Thunder are back in action in Oklahoma City tonight for the first night of a back-to-back. One at home tonight against the Sacramento Kings, and then on the road against Giannis Antetokounmpo and the best team in the NBA, the Milwaukee Bucks. Especially the best team in the NBA, according to our Locked On Podcast poll, which I'll probably post on Twitter at some point today. I've been busy all day today. Had to fill in for Dylan Buckingham on the Dylan and Todd show from 9 to noon on 107.7 The Franchise. So I'm a little bit up in the air, but recording this right now around 1.30. Hopefully we get this out by 2 or 2.30 uh, for your listening pleasure for tonight's game. But yes, a uh, lot to be excited for in the next few days in Thunderland. And if you don't know who I am, been covering the Thunder since 2014 and since 2018 with 107.7 The Franchise, 107.9 The Franchise in Tulsa as their lead Thunder insider, contributor guy, whatever they want to call me. And uh, you can find all my stuff at thefranchiseok.com. You can find uh, Ryan Chapman's Thunder coverage at thefranchiseok.com, which will be my guest today. And we'll introduce him in a few minutes. I got to talk about me first. I'm the important one here. Um <laughs> You can also follow the OKC82 podcast. You can subscribe to that. It's free. It's the post-game reaction show that Madison Morris and I do after every single Thunder game home and away. And we're typically on the radio now doing it. So you can listen to it live on 107.7 The Franchise. If you're in Oklahoma City and you're going to the game um, for a home game, just walk over the street to Flint Restaurant and we'll be right at that first table right when you walk in. You come say hi to us if you want to uh, within the hour after the game ends. And then also, please tune in to the Basketball Insider Show on Saturday mornings from 10 a.m. to noon with Jerry Ramsey, John Hamm, Madison, and me. Uh, I don't know if we're going to be in studio or not this Saturday. We were on remote last Saturday at Northwest Class, and we're going to try and do a little bit more remotes just for, you know, just to spice it up, make it more fun. But we have fun on the show. We talk Thunder basketball, of course. We talk NBA stuff. So if you like hoops and you've got nothing else to do on a Saturday morning while you're washing your car, 
doing something, doing the laundry. Just turn us on. Hopefully we turn you on. Boom. hey on a Saturday morning. Let's get right into it. The Sacramento Kings tonight. But I do have a guest, like I said a few minutes ago. I had the first, I had one of two people on last week from the Sideline Warning podcast. Had Christine Butterfield on. And now we've got the second half of the Sideline Warning podcast, as well as a very, very, very talented contributor um, with the FranchiseOK.com, 107.7 The Franchise. Not just Thunder Basketball, but he also does a fantastic job covering Oklahoma Sooner Basketball. Um, so this guy knows his hoops, but Mr. Ryan Chapman at Radio's Ryan. What's up, man? I was about to say we're breaking the fourth wall here as I have now invaded both segments of the Locked On Oklahoma basketball I know, yeah. uh, world between Locked On Sooners and now Locked On Thunder. It's exciting times. I know. You're, you're climbing the ladder. It can only go up from here because... It can literally only go up from here. <laughs> we're, we're trying. We're trying. Yeah. Hey, I got to. I got to also produce uh, the Dylan and Todd show this morning with yes. you and Todd. That was a lot of fun. Yeah, Hopefully we played the we, can, uh, we, we played the Danilo Gallinari song. It was yeah, fun. yeah. Introduce that to Todd. That was exciting. Always fun when you can bring something new, bring that song into someone's life. So I know, like, shame on the Thunder for not playing it as much. As they, like, they've had ample opportunity to play it this year. He's been yeah. pretty damn good. Yeah, yeah, but. Uh, it, Lately, he had been a little rocky. I'm glad that he got it going again. He kind of tanked a, a great moment of Twitter gold I was going to have, but that's okay. What was it? So during the last home game, he had a little rocky start, and I was fully prepared to tweet out, uh, more efficient since the All-Star break, uh, the Democratic caucuses or Daniel Gallinari. Then he, of course, <laughs> has a backdoor cut. Reverse slam, and I'm just like, hmm, I'm very glad I did not. You know, I'm like, very glad I did not tweet this. Well, I guess let's touch on this for a little bit because I've talked about it a, a few times. Outside of that five of five start he had against Chicago the other night, last three games, last three, like basically since the New Orleans game, because he was good on both ends of the floor as much as he could be against Zion Williamson. He had a career high 32 points, but wasn't all on Danilo Gallinari. Short career too. And, he, and you also don't expect Danilo to shut down Zion Williamson anyway. But basically, since that Pelicans game, he's been rather inefficient. And the Thunder haven't really needed him. They they dominated Denver. They destroyed San Antonio. And Danilo played into a huge part of why they were up 24 in the first place against Chicago. And he did have a, a big-time uh, clutch baseline dunk late in that game that they absolutely needed. But I think after that 5-5 five and five start, he finished 3 of 11. Yeah. And that kind of mirrored his um, first two outputs out of the All-Star break. Just 4 of 12. Just They didn't really need him at, at, at in one hand, but at the other time, other hand, like we're used to him being so coldly efficient, and it's just been something that I've noticed. This is something that I had kind of been tracking post trade deadline. Of course, against Detroit, he noticeably had a down game, and everyone was like, "Oh, Danilo should have learned that you're supposed to tank your draft stock before the deadline, all that stuff." Ha ha ha! But then he had an up and down series there of he would have good scoring outputs on inefficient nights. And then, of course, leading into he played well in New Orleans, I thought. And like you said, all the yeah. all the troubles with Zion, you know, Danilo's not coming in to be a defensive stop or anything like that. But since the break, all-star break, he's he's been up and down. He's, it's the same story of he might have a great scoring output. But then if you actually look at the shooting percentage, kind of look at some of the shots that he's missing, he's putting himself into the good spots we're seeing. And he's just missing shots. So it's one of those things. If it's just a one of those midseason skids that you, yeah, you just find themselves on. And like the thing that kind of worries me, like he could very well turn it around. Like it, this is only a three game stretch. This is by no means uh, like oh, this is like something to look forward to. Uh, but he's missed more than half of his uncontested shots. So like basically the shots that he's taking that are not well defended, he's missing. So it's it could be just a matter of 
he's just having off shooting nights and any player can go through that. I mean, Steph Curry will have off shooting nights when he's healthy. Clay, Clay Thompson will. So um, it's just something to keep an eye on because I mean, Sacramento is not a defensive juggernaut by any means, and they don't really have anybody that I feel confident can give Danilo Gallinari any type of fit defensively. Yeah. So if he's going to get back to being the player that we knew prior to the all-star break, the efficiency and the scoring punch, like it'll happen tonight. Yeah. And totally agree this isn't anything to hit a panic button or anything it was just an interesting little trend that uh yeah, Cohen... that i thought was over at chicago but then you know three of 11 but they yeah. didn't really need him at that point they're up 24 look i i was just happy to uh make fun of some uh, bring some politics into sports i like when you can kind of it's like living on the wild side a little bit when you have a tweet that you kind of relate sports to politics and everyone's just like i don't want to touch it i don't want to touch it and it's just funny to see the reaction and uh Thankfully, I didn't do that, though, because I would have... Uh, it's always funny when someone, like, brings up, you know, the current sitting president, and then they bring up also the gif or the video clip of Stan Van Gundy telling players, telling his teammate, or telling his team how to stop Dwayne Wade. Yeah. Form a f***ing wall. <laughs> it's just... <laughs> I missed that. I love that clip. It's just one of those things that that's... Just the kind of humor I have, if you listen to the Dylan and Todd show, you know that we, uh, Brady and I, not averse to making uh, little history drops here and there. So. Of course. Todd, also a history nerd. That was great. Yeah. It was a fun time. Not sure that uh, everyone loved it, but we had fun. And that's what matters. <laughs> if we're having fun, you guys are going to have fun too, right? Yeah. Right? I hope. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe. Screw the list. No, I'm just kidding. Not <laughs> you. Not the Locked On podcast listeners. We, intelligent fan base of your Locked On Predominantly uh, male audience. Yes. Predominantly as, male. As the commercials say. <laughs> With expendable income. <laughs> <laughs> all you all you <laughs> local businesses they're advertising what's the number to text yeah three three seven 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 locked on.com slash advertising <laughs> there you, there so you have it i'm not supposed to do a live read today but there you go david lock and locked on podcast network i did it anyway look you stumble into it sometimes yeah, so, sometimes it works no um i guess we can move on a little bit more onto the kings like you know this is shame on me i said this on the radio today Shame on me for having expectations for the Sacramento freaking Kings. Yeah. Um, but, like, obviously there's a local angle involved with this. Buddy Heald, you know, former Sooner great, in my opinion, a top five Sooner regardless of sport. Um, the fact that I went to college the same time he was in school and he got progressively better and better, and plus he's just a likable guy and a likable basketball player, notwithstanding. But, you know, that that's there. But the Kings had a they had a young core that you could invest in, you can get excited for, and they played an exciting brand of basketball last year, even with a head coach and Dave Yeager, who, when you think of up and down athletic basketball team, Dave Yeager is not on your coaching list no, for that. Not at all. And that's probably a reason why they uh decided to go elsewhere with their coaching. And then Luke Walton comes in, and he's not exactly the type of coach that fits that mold either, in my opinion. He's still too raw and too young. Um, the Lakers experience, I don't really hold that against him because, we, as we all saw, that front office is just, and the ownership was just silly. All over the place, Plus the yeah. players that they had and drafted, all silly. No one was on the same page. Um, I don't really credit him for Golden State because they were an unbeatable machine. You and I could have coached that team yeah. to 55 wins at least. Um, so now we're c finally kind of, kind of to see what type of coach he is. And they start off the gate what five and twelve? Yeah, they're awful, and they're and they were slow, and they have since picked up the pace. And I know they're a little bit of a faster team now, but they have no choice because like, that's what they are. But even saying that, like Buddy Hield's coming off the bench, the dynamics are weird. 
Uh, De'Aaron Fox has not been the player that I thought, like I thought he was going to take a certain leap. He hasn't exactly made it. And I don't know if he's ever going to be a guy that can be dynamic in terms of having the ball in his hands. He's always going to be fast. He's always going to be athletic, but it's just kind of like a poor man's Russell Westbrook. Like can he jump shot? Can he hit a three point shot? And I know the percentages sometimes are nice, but um, it's just been weird with Sacramento. And at the end of the day, I think it's just that front office is so bad that no matter what they could have drafted Luka Doncic and they'd still be laugh out loud bad. Yeah. Yeah. And this will be one of the more interesting games. I think this has the potential to be a really fun game to watch, but I don't think it behooves the thunder to make it a fun game. to watch. It would be a fun game to watch if Russell was here. Yeah. Cause it'd be two. Cause those thunder Kings games the last two years have always been fun. And yes, I realize, Oh, what's his name? Thunder killer, thunder killer. Oh man. He used to play for the Knicks for the longest time. And I can't remember his name. He scored like 40 points against the Thunder. In the, oh. You know what I'm talking about? Flat I, top? Yeah. You said um, flat top of the Knicks. Amon Shumpert. What a guy. Yeah. like Best hair in the league. Yeah. And, the, and last year, like the Amon Shumpert's like dropping 30 or 40 against the Thunder. But those games were so fun because Russell's like, okay, you want to play that way? And he, remember, he even told De'Aaron Fox, I'm too fast. Yes. Like, I'm faster than you. Yeah. So, but I agree. Like, if the Thunder... Are they if they're going to win this game? It's going to be because they force Sacramento to play their style, and they could very well do that just because they're the better team anyway. Yeah, and I think that this is like we've said earlier, a night to look at Delino Gallinari to get back on track. A lot of people, as you've you've been probably the most vocal about this, the last what five back to backs, second night of back to backs. Yes, yeah. they've uh, sat they've him sat for, Gallinari for I'm random s- reasons, yeah. like he's got a hurt sore knee, he's got a sore ankle, just something. You know, so. Uh, a lot of Thunder fans are like, hey, you should sit Gallinari tonight and play him tomorrow in Milwaukee. And I, I completely disagree. I think that the Thunder can put this game away early and keep it just in check, unlike the Chicago game. If they're able to get Steven Adams going, get Nerlens Noel going, get Gallo going, and slow the pace down because the Kings really have no presence in the front court. They want to yep. get out and run let their backcourt make plays. And so this is just a night that you hope that Gallinari gets rolling and just win the games you're supposed to win. I think that uh, I hate this, the term scheduled loss, but it is a thing, but it, it's a thing in Milwaukee. You never expect to go on the road to the best team in the NBA and win much less on the second night of a back to back. So put all of your eggs in this basket and then just play with house money tomorrow. Cause no matter who's playing tomorrow, Billy Donovan can go to the locker room and say, Hey guys, no one out there thinks that we can do anything tonight. Let's just go out, have fun, play our best game of basketball, see what happens. And if you're in a game, if you're in a game late, you steal a win, anything like that, that'll be immense for seeding and all that stuff. But it's one of those games that you just say, pressure's off, let's go have some fun. Yeah, and and look, like you know, like it, it was a weird observation at the time, like, okay, he hasn't played the last two second out of the backpacks, now three. Now okay, now I, I see what they're doing here. I don't know if that's going to be the philosophy moving forward. And even if I ask Billy Donovan about it tonight during the pregame availability with him, he's not going to tell me that, yeah, we're, we're planning on sitting him or we're not planning on sitting him now. But I would be interested to see if they decide not to. And I would assume it's because, well, the trade deadline is coming past. This is the team we're rolling with Danilo's on it. Like, we're, we're all about managing his minutes in terms of not making him play more than 32 or 33 a night. Like, that time will come in the postseason if we have to, if we have to do that. But – unless you're seriously dealing with something like we need you from Milwaukee and having, but still having said that, I agree. Like I'm, I'm not, I understand the fan perspective of 
this is an easy win. You're at home. The Kings suck. You know, use Danilo for the second half of the back-to-back. That's disrespecting your opponent. And in the NBA, when you disrespect your opponent or you don't take them seriously, you can lose to the Wizards at home like this team already has. Well, and this team is what? Two weeks removed from playing with their food with Cleveland and Detroit and finding themselves in games where all of the starters should have been out with eight minutes left in the fourth quarter, both of those games. And then it... Because that's the thing. If they take care of business tonight, Danilo Gallinari might be playing 20 minutes anyway. Yeah, and then you saw that they came out and they lost against Boston. Why? Because there's no shame in losing against Boston, but in the biggest moments in that game when you needed to make a run, they weren't crisp enough. And that's just the kind of things that happen when you let that complacency seep in and you overlook people out of the all-star break. Two great games against Denver and the Spurs, and then it kind of happened against Chicago. So this is a habit you need to break because if you're going to be having the heightened expectations of maybe chasing a four seed, actually making a run in the playoffs as opposed to just being a one-and-done, bowing out in an embarrassing manner, you need to be crisp and you need to be locked in. And those are habits that you can't just not have for 82 games and then flip a switch. There are so few players, much less teams, that have the ability to coast and then flip the switch. And that's what I think makes LeBron so remarkable. But that's a time, different place, different time. But you've seen it with Russell Westbrook. He is unable to break the habits of the regular season. Then the mental game comes in, and that's where Damian Lillard takes him to school. Ricky Rubio puts him in a pocket for an entire series. That's embarrassing. And you just don't, you don't want to see that coming into this uh, postseason. And I think that this Thunder team has been good about not doing that to this point. So why start now? When we get back, more Ryan Chapman, more Thunder basketball. The NBA playoffs are right around the corner, and Locked On NBA is here daily to keep you caught up with all the late season drama. Every Monday, Jackson Gatlin rounds up the three biggest stories around the league, helping to break down the NBA playoffs. Mark your calendars to listen to Locked On NBA every Monday to be up to date. Locked On NBA. Available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. And welcome back to the Locked On Thunder Podcast, everybody. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. I am Brady Trantham, and I am joined today by the second half of the Sideline Warning Podcast, which you can subscribe to anywhere you listen to podcasts. Uh, We had Christine Butterfield on last week uh, when the Thunder took on the Nuggets, and she did a fantastic job, and she does a fantastic job with us at thefranchiseok.com. And on 107.7, the franchise, she is on vacation today. She will be noticeably absent during our game coverage tonight, and we will let her know about it. But the other half of the Sideline Warning Podcast, Mariah Chapman, joins me. Hello Fan- again. Fantastic is a strong word Yeah. for Christine's work. She yeah, does She does a good job. She does a good job. Yeah, yeah. She does a good job. She's not exactly Madison, who's worthless and just a bother. <laughs> But she does a good. Christine job. smiles more and seems yes. more grateful, whereas Madison always wears black, and I'm I am uh, a little intimidated by her presence. Yeah, to be honest. fair. She's I, a witch. The height helps. I know. Let's be honest. I know Madison. Like she's already like five foot nine. You know she's tall for a, a woman, and then she wears heels. And, and, and Madison doesn't skimp out on her heels. They are like yeah, they're three to six inch heels. She's like Gene Simmons on stage. Yeah. Like, Big old dragon boots you're wearing over here. Yep. And which helps out in scrums because she's just towers over everybody and she's like, Nope, I got the angle. Yep. Just tower over these short little media folks. Unfortunately, my short arms, good for bench press, bad for post game scrum, seeing as I'm just a, a measly five nine. Trust me, I've seen somebody pull out a selfie stick during uh scrums. You laugh at it, you and laugh at the person, but you know what? They're getting a good shot. 
you laugh so at the who's, person who's actually laughing. You laugh <laughs> at the person until they get a good shot, and you realize that you're you know ten minutes into Billy Donovan. And when I've Ow. like when I've tried to switch hands three times and and propping up my arm, and you look over and they're just <laughs> standing there with the selfie stick, just like uh, under their arm, and they're just cross arms. I remember. Like, uh, I remember back in 2016 when I started going to practices and, uh, you know, standing in scrums and um, learning how to hold your phone and everything. And then when we were talking to Billy, it became apparent that I've got to start working my forearms out because this hurts. Yes. There are times, most of the time now, I just get audio from Billy. But when I know he's going to talk about something that I may want to have on a video, like, well, I'm glad that I worked out my forearms yesterday because... Now they won't be tired after two minutes. Although I was really pleased. So uh, at the franchise yesterday, we helped out with some intern videos and things like that. Um, I noticed myself during uh, they had to make a pot of coffee and they were given 10 minutes to do it. I noticed I was able to hold my phone up, not really uh, have some forearm fatigue. Now it's just like, ah, all those media scrums really paying off. It helps out. I mean, every little muscle counts. Exactly. Every little scrum counts. But now as we continue to preview tonight's Kings game, uh, the Thunder do take on the Kings tonight in Oklahoma City, so hopefully the peak is rocking. It's always it always makes the job more enjoyable when the crowd is loud. Yes. Um, but if anybody can remember and recall, and Ryan actually had to remind me of this because I forgot the Thunder played the Kings a second time. Uh, then he reminded me, and I was like, "Oh yeah," because why was it such a such a benchmark, Mr. Chapman? I'm sure that you guys are tired of hearing about this man by now, but. No, he's the greatest basketball player to ever live. Lugin Stort, the greatest player to ever hail from Canada. Hello, Shea Gilgis Alexander. Sup? Uh, Hello, Steve Nash. Sorry, Andrew. <laughs> sorry, Andrew Wiggins. <laughs> you rubbish, but Ru- the, trash players. The uh, the first matchup, Dort obviously still on his two way. Not re- I guess he's still on his two way today, but not really factoring in the second matchup. This is the first game that Lou Dort really went off offensively. Dort ended up with 23 points, and he went from a guy that Thunder fans are going, hey, it's really cute, this guy from the OKC Blues filling in for Terrence Ferguson. He's the he's, Roberson he light. He hustles, Ferguson he's fast, light. he's yeah. got some bulk, so he can guard multiple positions. It's kind of cool to watch, but yeah. Yeah, no and substance. then fun headband. And then it kind of went to, okay, this dude hits the occasional corner three. Hey, that's someone that you might want to carry on in the playoffs with you to, holy cow, this dude went off for 23, and it was sustainable scoring it's not like he was just hitting circus shots or anything like that you're like oh he made the smart decision to look off a defender put the ball on the floor get to the rim and a finish that was like wow this guy can do that from time to time and so thunder fans i think really started to see the potential and what ludort maybe could turn into maybe could be and so i think it's just worth noting that that the kings were the first time people said can Dort be a better alternative to Terrence Ferguson? He was given the Thunder more offensively just off ball yep. than Ferguson generally does at times, and and he didn't look shy on confidence. So interesting to see that this was the first time that maybe the Lou Dort experience became a real thing for Thunder fans. Yeah, look, like I'm sure my listeners by now on this podcast, and I've been saying I always talk about this. It's always been an opinion of mine. So I'm sorry if I keep repeating myself and you're annoyed with it, but. Biggest thing with me with young players, especially, is just confidence. Are you going to fail and look stupid? Yes, but I want to see you actually try. If you're not trying, like as a rookie or as a second year player, what makes you think you're going to try when you're a third or fourth year vet? Right. And Terrence was never gun shy. He, if he was open, like as a rookie and a second year player, uh, his first year as a starter, if he was open, he was going to shoot. And I like that, but I never really saw the confidence in trying to create. And the Thunder were trying to put him in positions to create. Uh, two summer leagues ago, the first time I went to summer league, they played him at point guard. And it was a bad experience. But guess what? I liked it because 
They're forcing him to fail so that he can learn for the future. Right. And watching Lou Dort this season in back in summer league in July, I was like, Hey, there's something, there's something with this kid. Like they have something with him. Like the hustle is there. The desire is there. He's obviously got some physical gifts with his speed, his athleticism, his agility. He can run the floor. He can finish well. He can absorb contact and the shooting motion. While the shot is not necessarily going in, the shooting motion isn't terrible. There's no hitch, you know, like everything is there to build upon. And then, like you said, you had the Sacramento performance. That was the first time where people were like, okay, maybe there's more than just something here. And that's the big difference between a guy like Terrence Ferguson and Lou Dort is just because he has the confidence. He doesn't care if he's on the road. He doesn't care where he is. He doesn't care, um, like, who's on the floor with him. If he's open, he's going to take the shot. If he has the ability to create, to penetrate, to make the defense collapse so he can kick out, he can do that too. If he can finish the rim, he's going to do it. So – what is he going to become? I, I don't know. I think it's still too early. He's not even a, technically a full-on full-time Thunder player at this point. But um, there there's just a foundation there that the Thunder, I know, they're going to invest in. And Lou Dort doesn't have to – don't get us wrong. We're not saying Lou Dort's going to be Giannis in two years or anything like that, that weird arc of superstar. He was going to be a first-round pick if his shooting wasn't – like during draft combines or whatever at Arizona State, if it wasn't awful – yeah, I guess like the percentages or whatever were just bad during draft combines, and it made him fall off the face of the earth. And it's one of those things that I'm sure Thunder fans are tired of hearing this, but in a place like Oklahoma City, you're never going to be a free agent destination. You superstars in this league, you have them or you don't. Oklahoma City happens to have one that is on the fringe, maybe aging out of the superstar realm, but they have a clear leader in Chris Paul. Yep. And so, what is a market like Oklahoma City have to do they have to develop these role players that can come in and you know they can give you something yeah that's why they get raw athletic guys who can't shoot they get Terrence Ferguson or Hamadou Diallo or Lou Dort because okay we can invest to develop them and maybe in so doing they'll be here for a long time on cheap deals yeah and so they've got that and so they're currently in the process of hoping that SGA is tracking toward if he can continue to sustain the progress he's made in off seasons being one of those guys that can be a, a true difference maker in the league. So Lou Dort's the kind of guy that you have to have around that you can show, look, we've developed Lou. We've developed guys like this. This is kind of how the Serge Ibaka started, and then Serge became a really big thing. Someone that you can turn to Shea when his contract comes up and say, stay in Oklahoma City. We can give you the most money. And also, we'll put you these guys around you to help you succeed. And so they don't need Lou to be the sixth man of the year or anything like that. They just need him to come in and give good minutes and not be a liability and be a defensive plus. And, and that's what he's shown to be thus far. And you just have to hope that if OKC can continue him on this path, he can turn into something that'll be really nice for him. And I think a big thing with his development, one more thing on Lou Dort, um, I think a big thing with his development, and this might be a little hyperbolic, is I want to see him have a good performance tonight because he had an excellent performance you know, two games ago. He was perfect from the floor awesome but the thunder also destroyed the spurs and sometimes players can have great games and in my opinion you know it's almost as if it's kind of a waste that you have a that a player that's kind of on the fringe has a great game in a blowout because it's like well was the pressure really there but lou dort his six for six performance played into the thunder destroying the spurs like they weren't up by 30 and then he went for six for six he went six he went three for three four four while they were building that lead. So it, it had some stock to it. And he was a plus like 30 something on the night. I know we're yeah. not huge plus minus truthers, but when someone comes in and 
the lead is pushed out that big while he's on the floor and he has a plus 30. I don't think yeah. it's anything to shake your fist at. Yeah, and over the last 15 games since he's made, you know, since he's been starting for the Thunder, I think he has the third best net rating on the team. Yeah. And the defensive numbers are very good and the offensive numbers are surprisingly very good. Uh, but I want to see him have a good game tonight because he had a very average to poor game against Chicago and for the most part no one really cared because they were up 24 but then all of a sudden they came the Bulls came back and took the lead and the Thunder damn near lost it so in terms of his development his able to course correct his players are always going to have off nights so another thing for that I'm looking for is just can you bounce back and still make all the same plays that we've been seeing you play or is are we getting to a point now our defenses scout you they know how to stop you now and take things away from you can you do other things yeah, and, and that was kind of a storyline with the Spurs game is it's it's Dort's first time to have some second matchups against some of these teams. Yeah. And so just like you're saying, what can he do now that teams have some film on him to say, here's something else to try? Because that's the trick in the NBA. It's not the first pass. It's not the second pass. There's 82 games a year. You have to figure out how you can show something different every night, show something different from quarter to quarter. That's what Steven Adams said it was so good about um, Jokic that he can, for one quarter, do this. And then the next quarter completely changes his game on you. And that's what makes him elite. So you got to see, can Dort show something else? Can he adjust on the fly? Because in a playoff series, you're going to have five or six games in a row where you can fine-tune a game plan and, and really get to work on exposing the same weaknesses or trying different things. And you have to see if he's flexible enough to roll with the punches, work his way through it mentally and physically on the court, and still be that guy that Thunder fans think he can be. When we get back, I'm going to ask Ryan his dream Thunder postseason matchup. More after the break. The NBA playoffs are right around the corner, and Locked On NBA is here daily to keep you caught up with all the late season drama. Every Monday, Jackson Gatlin rounds up the three biggest stories around the league, helping to break down the NBA playoffs. Mark your calendars to listen to Locked On NBA every Monday to be up to date. Locked On NBA. Available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. And just before I let Ryan leave, Mr. Ryan Chapman, you can follow him on Twitter at Radio's Ryan. I just wanted to ask you, with the Thunder now at the fifth seed as it stands right now, the Jazz lost to the Celtics last night. If the playoffs started today, they'd be playing Russell Westbrook in the four-seeded Houston Rockets. What's your dream matchup? Now, by dream matchup, do you mean what I would like to see most or the matchup that I think the Thunder would advance in? Do both, because I'm sure the listeners want to know what you feel like the most fortuitous matchup is and then what you just simply want to see from your own personal selfishness. So the most fortuitous matchup, I would say, is if they can somehow work out a way of grinding up to the four, maybe, in Utah, getting to the five. This would require Houston to kind of fall off and dip. I think the Jazz is the best matchup for the Thunder right now. I just think the Jazz are kind of searching. They don't know what they're – yeah, at this yeah. point in the season, they're still trying to find something that works, and that's not – They're now they're more talented than Oklahoma City, and that might be too much, but we've seen – Thunder fans have seen more talented teams the last two years lose their playoff series. So Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, so – and kind of reverse baseball there. Or hard to see a team that's searching actually, like, work their way up, but anywho, I would, I would take the Jazz if I'm looking for a Thunder win – I want to see the Thunder play Denver. Now, I know that the Houston matchup is sexy because it's Russell Westbrook. It's James Harden. They're back in Oklahoma City again for a playoff series. It's Chris Paul going against Westbrook again. Um, 
it's Russell Westbrook trying to get out of the first round. Now they're trying to get out of the first round on the team that he's flopped in the playoffs the last two years for, all that stuff. But that Thunder-Denver game was just so much fun to watch. It's just selfishly, I don't know if the Thunder could win that series and sustain it over seven games, but I'd sure like to see them try. And I just, I'd love to see seven games between um, Denver and Oklahoma City in a playoff atmosphere. Can't say that I can't argue with you that much. Ryan, thank you so much for joining the show. Absolutely. Thanks for having me on. Of course. Everybody, like I said, follow Ryan on Twitter, at Radios Ryan. Does a great job on the Sideline Morning Podcast with his partner, Christine Butterfield, as well as with the Thunder coverage and Sooner basketball coverage at thefranchiseok.com. You can find all of his work there. And again, follow him on Twitter. You can see all of our silly videos and our Thunder coverage there as well. But everybody, thank you so much for listening to the Locked on Thunder podcast. And until next time, I'll talk to you later. Hey, Prime members, you can listen to this Locked on podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.